Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our author events at www.skylightbooks.com. At our website, you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. And don't be afraid to follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Um, at this time, I'd like to introduce you, introduce you to Michael Miller from Moontide Press to talk about the event and the authors today. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Miller. Thank you. Thank you, Noel. All right, how's everybody doing today? Good. Good. Just, to start out, I, I want to thank Noel and uh, Mary Williams and Skylight for putting this on. Skylight has a lot of really terrific events for the community, so very happy to be here today. Uh, we have two really outstanding poets who are going to be reading this afternoon. Uh, actually, it's kind of cool. They're on bookends here of the front row. Uh, first of all, we have Kate Buckley. Kate is the author of two books of poetry, A Wild Region from Moontide Press and Follow Me Down from Tabat Bach. She is the recent recipient of an MFA from Spalding University in Kentucky. And according to a story in the Huntington Beach Independent, she throws really, really good parties. So Kate, good to have you here today. Our other feature is Lee Mallory, man in black over here on the far left. Lee has been just one of the, not only one of the most outstanding poets, but one of the most outstanding advocates for poetry in Southern California for about 30 years. He runs two poetry readings in Orange County, one at the Gypsy Den Cafe in Santa Ana, one at Alta Coffee in Newport Beach, and his most recent book, Now and Then, Collected Poems, just came out for Moontide Press in December. So uh, we're going to have Kate first, we're going to have Lee go second, and then, uh, as I understand, we're going to have a Q&A after that to close the show. So without further ado, please welcome Kate Buckley. Thank you, Michael. Um, hmm. I'm a little bit technically challenged. Is this... Sorry. Oh, thank you. You're brilliant. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit today, and I'm going to read um, from A Wild Region, Follow Me Down, and then also um, some new work from my uh, manuscript in progress, The Language of Sleep. Um, and I really thank you for listening to those poems, especially I will read them with pen and hand. And I will also... Partner. This is my life partner. We have a great relationship. Okay. I'm going to start with a poem that I've never read before from this book called, can you believe in all the readings that we've done together, I haven't read this poem, American Bethlehem. Someone said that to me the other day. They came up to me at the Spalding reading and they said, you've never read this poem. Why haven't you ever read this poem? And I said, well, because I don't particularly like it. And they said, well, we love it. We read it. So um, this is for this person who is not here. So American Bethlehem. I tore her out of my body, gave her milk blood from my flesh, wove rivulets through floorboards with pacing, quieted her demons, quelled the shadows, her angry face to mine, and I did not know her. 
She came to me strangely, the last person I expected to see. That afternoon behind the barn, his red hands and knotted sex, I know with certainty this is my punishment. I sit behind closed doors, back to the wall, knees drawn to my chin, eyes closed, and I pray, though I've forgotten how to ask for things. I watch her sleeping, lashes blue against rounded cheeks, and I can't breathe for wishing. I will give her more than was given me. I want her to know what I could not, a life without reprisal, a world without consequence. You are all darling and dear to clap, but I will tell you in the interest of, um, just don't, you know, just, it's a long, it's a long hour, but thank you, you're so sweet, but just, you know, just wait till the end and then you can pick all plots. American Queen, Owensboro, Kentucky. Two hours leave off the boat that watches me everywhere, even on this riverbank where I sit, legs crossed, feet crammed into the only other, shoe, other, other pair of shoes I got, and this old man's watching me like he wants something, only I got nothing. Two hours leave, and I'm not going to waste it on an old man with no teeth. I stare over the graying skyline, rocked by the shadows of the boat, sprawling, immense, eclipsing even the yawning bridges with graffiti in their teeth. A tarted up cake, my mama said. Nolens on a bad day, laughed my sister. But it moves. I said, and in two hours will carry me farther away from this still, silent backwater that goes nowhere and smells of it too. Miner's Pond. This poem opens with an epigraph from Anne Michaels which reads, at Miner's Pond we use the past to pull ourselves forward, rowing. I sit on the bank, hand on dog's domed head, finger the copper curls blazing in the last hour of daylight. We are waiting for release. There are faded vines still clinging to the hillside, breathless sun choking dust-strewn air, moats swimming in August sky. We are waiting for the haunting that fades come September, chill chasing away fetid mist, whorls like damp ghosts in flattened grasses, leaving behind nothing so much as sap singing, scarlet creeping through every vein, until at last we crawl to the shore and sleep. I'm going to read a few now from Follow Me Down. This book is about the nature of memory, and it's, an, it's um, organized in three sections, inventing memory, fugue states, and the memory of houses. And it's a little bit sort of archetypal and Jungian and, and obsessive, because we're poets, we obsess, that's what we do. But it's, it's um, the first section, really, there's a lot of time and place and persona poems and really exploring um, the collective memory um, of, a, of a culture, in fact, a world. Um, and now I'm getting Jungian, and I'm just going to read the damn poem. The Life Cycle of Moths. Sometimes 
I wonder why she didn't kill us when she had the chance. Why she didn't smoke or drink or take the drugs fashionable then. Why she didn't drive the car into guardrails, embankments, bursting her belly against skull of steering wheel. Somehow it happened. And if you could have seen inside her, you would have seen us, small, woven into her underbelly, miniature women still without fur, moth hands clutched together, praying even then. Neshoba County, Mississippi, 1964. Many of the poems in this book are in form. This one is a pantoum. The bodies were mounded in an earthen dam, waterlogged and roughed rocked, shot through with silt, more clay than flesh, set up to stem the flow of the river, though the water ran through them still. Waterlogged and rough rocked, shot through the back as they drove deep rutted roads, headed for the river. The water runs through them still, dragged like four-point bucks, fresh shot and killed. Back down deep rutted roads, beheaded limbs, dead weight in the mouths of dogs, dragged like four-point bucks, fresh shot and killed. The smell of fear marched through our town. Limbs dead weight in the mouths of dogs, buried so they no longer lie down, covering us as the smell of fear marched through our town. The darkness threatened to wash us all away. They'd no longer lie down, covering us. The air was hung with blood, thick with disaster. The darkness threatened to wash us all away. Breath was thick in our lungs that summer. The air was hung with blood, thick with disaster, bodies more clay than flesh, set up to stem the flow of breath, thick in our lungs that summer. The bodies were found, mounded in an earthen dam. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Wow, he's such a renegade. Uh, this one's a persona poem in the voice of Zelda Sayer Fitzgerald, with whom I've long been obsessed. Fitzgerald's wife. Why, thank you. This is so cute. I love it. The night divides itself between my eyes, the left blue, the right brown. Morning never comes too soon, all that pushing and pulling, bargaining between the sheets and still so much to write. One night the mirror broke into a hundred thousand pieces, the bottle seemed so surprised. Sometimes I walk all night, sometimes I count every crack in the ceiling, sometimes the moon sets itself on fire, sometimes I want to join it. This one's for your mom. Honesty. His mom loves this poem. I think it's so darling that she says that. There's honesty to planting. In saying to seeds, here's what I want from you. Grow. Grow until your heads touch the tallest slat on the tumble-down wall and then bud. 
Break open your heads and flower, and when that's done, fruit. In return, I'll give you meal, minerals, the dung of cloven animals. I'll take measure of your soil, add what you need, take what I must. In January, I will hang you with leftover fur, grind trees to place at your feet. I'll pluck snails from your leaves, sluggish brown bodies loathe to part from your succulents. I'll water you in a slow, warm stream, the garden hose coiled at my feet, a gentle cobra who will not strike. I will break back your dead wood. I will feed you in spring. I'll take only what I need, and then I will say to you, sleep. I teach myself telepathy. I teach myself telepathy. Hold late night conversations with dogs. Practice kinetic abstinence. Stay awake for days on end. I don't know where to go without the map of words. I've read dictionaries but have nothing to say. I cover the walls with hieroglyphics. Walk the floors in Morse code. Cover the mirror with sheets as if someone has died. My body is a stranger. I don't remember my face. My arms hang forgotten, my hands mute. How do I climb back into myself without the map of you? Something wild. There's something wild and strange in the way a child cries and her mother's milk rises, comes in its wake, whether or not she'd want it or will it. Something in the way we read our lovers' moods, feel our words sharpen or sag, shape-shifting to fill the space between us. There is in each of us a hunger, glaring, jagged edge, rasping and raging, aching to be soothed, to be rocked soft. Sanctuary. I wrap, my, <clears throat> I wrap myself in the nest of his skin, heels cradled by the kind indentation of his knees, like the ledge where a falcon scrapes a bowl for her young, like a sea turning in on itself, salt licking salt coming home. And now I'm going to read fun stuff because it's new and I'm not sick of it yet. So this is kind of an LA poem so I'll start with that. Vientos de Santana. The devil wins. It seems she has as many arms as Shiva. Hands touching, grasping, warmth detectable even when touch is not. I am lying on my stomach in a white room, call of swallow and starling, rake of leaves on the roof, the steady toll of a hammer, the rattle of something in the chimney, the metallic whinny of bells strung from a rail, a peculiar symphony. 
draped in linen, limbs and hair loose against soft sheen of table. I'm here to recover, to mend again the body that was sliced, frayed, sifted through, then stitched again. A tiger's slash bright against the white of my rib cage. She brings the music with her, says the familiar names, says remember, to places in the body that would not. Fog flies into the corners, insinuates itself under blankets, fits itself beneath my breasts. Wind against the roof now, Santana's hot breath against my neck. Smoke from chaparral blowing fast against the fog, the birds, the bells. There is smoke in my eyelashes, flame in a distant corner of the room. These next uh, few are um, sonnets, or exploded sonnets, or ghosts of sonnets. I'm a little obsessed with sonnets. I'll read a few of those, and I will close with a sestina for kicks. The Habit. I walk in, veins already throbbing in the wet heat of anticipation. The thick prick of needle sliding under skin, I offer my bare arm. The skin at the mouth of my elbow a little blue, as if anxious, as if knowing this will leave a bruise. And the hurting brings the sting of remembrance. All the times I've sat in chairs like this one, offering up the tender skin of surgery, of pregnancy, of a lost child bleeding out. The white-robed woman comes, walking on her air of pins and needles, blurring a bit in my vision, then the quick stick and question, expecting? No, I say, I've lost another one. The problem with sympathy cards, and this has a little setup quote uh, that I stole from NPR. Some scientists have proposed that when a woman conceives, she gets a gift of cells that stays behind and protects her for the rest of her life. No one will tell you the truth. The child did not die. She is still inside you, clutched around your core, stealing your blood, breathing your breath. They will tell you it's all for the they will tell you she'd have died anyway. Was not made for this world. Well, if not for this world, then what world? They don't tell you it's too late. You've already given yourself over. You've already become a mother. And that child will abide inside you until your death, not her death, yours. The tiny tendrils of her leftover cells, stemming some kind of tide, feeding you back, keeping you both alive. And I'm going to fast forward to the Sestina because I am almost out of time. Thirsting after. I wanted to know, I'm so sorry, I recently changed this from the past tense to the present, so I will start again. This is the newest of the bunch. Thirsting after, I want to know what cannot be known. 
A vine snaked around a trellis, leaning up against a house now falling down. I'm wound too tightly, my fingers falling in and out of love with iron rust. My hair's the color of pennies, my eyes the color of rain. Throwing coins into a well against the rain, I cannot see the bottom. Nothing's known. Only lilac seething over stones, color washing away, and I'm bathing, leaning against a crumbling wall, calling out into a queer kind of silence. I'm wound around the metallic familiar, wound around thin memories of shadow, rain. I want to bite my own wrist, calling out, sinking my eye teeth in bone. I've known to fill my tongue with taste of earth, leaned hard against what was the fading colors. Who is ever born? Are we not all colored with the same ragged breath, the same wounds as slick and viscous we float, leaning from one sea to another, buried in rain, beneath the salt of circumstance, known only to the bruising wind of regret, out of sight of the dark night of chimneys, out of earshot of the house, but which house colors our landscape and why? What can can be known of any of us. The clock's never wound long enough and is drowned out by the rain. Who is ever born? I once was leaning into earth, bone, eye teeth sinking, leaning. I welcome the metallic bitter, out of which purple blossoms open in the rain of dank water. I bathe in its color as lilac seethe over stones. I am wound around the dark part that is unknown. I am leaning hard into a color edges bleeding out. I am no longer wound. Even rain forgets my name. I wanted to be known. Thank you all so much for your kind attention. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Kate. Once more for Kate Buckley. That'll bring up our second feature for the day, The Other Man in Black, Johnny Cash of His Day, Lee Mallory. I think the lovely poetry of Kate Buckley has a sort of way of hypnotizing people. I think our publisher was in the What about you, 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 you? They're going to talk about you tomorrow. Publisher Michael Miller, forgive me if I don't use this mic because I just kind of rolled. I want to thank you for being here on a Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoons are just such a treasure. 
and thank Skylight for having us and for honoring Moontide Press. This book, uh, thanks to Michael, is a sort of retrospective of a lot of years. J.D. Glasscock, we'll hear some of these poems ringing in his head. This is a new audience for me, you and you and you. This is called Laundry Poem. I'm a much less serious poet than Kate. She's a craftsman, and I'm just kind of a rubber chewing <laughs> poet who will never be remembered, but that's okay. Yeah, I remember you. I remember you too. <laughs> I give up, I don't live around here. Uh, this is called Laundry Poem. I'd like to be your washer, soak you in warm liquid, gently agitate your silks and lingerie. Ours a whole water world of vision, me tugging at bra straps, pouring pent-up heat on your ultimate linen, touching all that wraps you. I'd like to be your washer, starting on delicates, my rhythms gently wetting every thread. And then we turn, tumbling and tossing in our heat. I'd like to be your washer, you and me. You don't really have an open reading component in any of your readings here, right? Or you do? Yeah, weeknight readings, and you have open readings? Uh, yeah. not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> it's a very discriminating group. Right? <laughs> so how did they let me in? You know better than to open himself up like that. Right. <laughs> well, Michael and Kate and I, uh, we attend countless open readings. If we hear the new talent, often they're better than us. So speak for yourself. <laughs> but this is to all the open readings, open readers everywhere. Open exit, open drain, open boat, open range, men's, open, open field, open wound, open war, open casket, open time, open and shut. Open invitation, open reading, open sesame, wide, open, reopen, open road, open skies, open mic, open minded, open ended, women's, open, open carefully, open heart. Open mouth, open skies, open kids, totally open. Open entry, open air. Sorry, we're open. Thank you. Can't believe I'm here on a Saturday. <laughs> Kate knows. Kate knows that people will come up to her after a reading and they'll say, well, when you talk about the woman and man, and I don't know anything about poetry, I don't understand that consonance or assonance or any of those terms or that meter, but when you talked about the divorce, when you talked about the anguish in the morning, when the little daughter stood in her robe in the corner of the door, in her little white robe with little ice cream cone buttons, 
saying to herself, Mommy and Daddy are not happy. Daddy's going away. When you touched on that moment, I don't know about poetry, but I kind of got it. You put me there. You made me understand. It was a sort of kind of an ah, or kind of an oh la la moment. So poetry does keep us in touch. And if they talk about you by the water cooler, Maybe it's because you gave up a Saturday afternoon for a sort of telegraphy of the word. Maybe you gave up a Saturday for real communication beyond the BP. If you can't do the top kill, what do you do? You come to a poetry reading. If you wait for the full moon and a beach overcast moves in, what do you do? come to a poetry reading. If as Anne Sexton did, you're ready to stuff your mouth with pills, what do you do? You find hope in a poetry reading. So this may be called my signature piece. Forgive me, J.D. But this is for the people who come up to Kate and say, Kate, you really, oh man, you really did it for me. And the poet, you know, feeds on that. They don't know the technical stuff. But the point is, you touch a heart. You make it real. You give a passport back into experience. The poet, after all, creates a sort of resounding of experience. That's what our best writers do. So they might just come up and say, I like your stuff. I like the trench coats and berets, the feel of us here, the feel of us there where you put us. I like your stuff. I mean, how back do I like your stuff. I like what you said about the woman and man. How she bit into him and he lit into her. That felt good. And I like what you said about their wetness. The moisture of their kiss. But how did you mean that? And I like what you said about trains. Barry Manilow. Thousand Island Dressing. Lynch mobs. The Shroud of Turin. I like the woman crossing and uncrossing her legs. I like your stuff. I like your stuff. I guess this is all pretty good. Only when the poet just goes away, fades, that's when you say it's a game. But when it works, the poet just goes away, fades. And that's your clever exit, your lynch mobs and your shroud, your jailhouse nights, your suicide nights, still I'll shout, believe. I like your stuff. I like your stuff. And when you find me, I find you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank Michael Miller, who on any other day could be a feature right here. He's one of Orange County's best. And JD, yeah, I'm father of Orange County. I talked to a philosophy teacher at my college and we were discussing the benefits of should you rent or should you buy a bad economy. How many of you rent? How many of you buy? How many of you lost money in the stock market? <laughs> oh, yeah. He looked at me just in an instant and he said, we're all renters in the shack of life. I said, did you just think of that? I guess that's why he's a philosophy teacher.
Miami was teaching. Well, all just matters in the shack of life. I like this Mallory, or she, she brings home this cool tape, you know, after a shift. She's got just rolls of tape in her scrubs. She's an ER nurse in Los Angeles. They bring in the victim of a gang shooting, and he's got a hole here, and a hole here, and a hole here. He's Latino, but his face is so drained. Life is slipping. And he comes in on the gurney, and he's looking up, saying, Say, Confident, she looks down at him like an angel, and if they're not supplies in the stock area, she tells the nurse training, then you your wrist, look with your thumb in the hole of his chest, and I'll put my finger in the wound in his neck. He's looking out and says, Stay, She knows he's got about five minutes. Can I read a poem for her? Yeah. She's retired now. It's a full-time job just to take care of me. But she works a couple nights a week at Warner Brothers. Cool. She made a loaf with rapid. What did I say? A nurse's hands. Your hands offered up freely, welcoming the well, the sick, the worried, the frail. They open warmly to other hands. My hands, cold hands. Trembling fingers, others clammy with fear. Thank you, nurse, lady, friend, who, with your own cares and woe, call us to the refuge of your heart. Bless you always. Bless you always in your hands. Thank you so much. That's for her. moment, shall we say, kind of a, a spontaneous moment that couples enjoy, a romantic moment. Sometimes you get a little mischievous, you get a little naughty, and once in a while he gets a little attitude, he plays with you a little bit, you know, just testing his boundaries that. So there she was up above me. And sometimes you open your mouth without thinking, well, how do I really look in this new dress? And the guy says, without thinking, actually, you look a little like that. He's on the sofa for a week. Oh, man. Well, I put it in my mouth that night. I looked up at her at this most beautiful, tenderest moment of closeness that a couple enjoyed. But I was feeling naughty and a little mischievous, and I looked up into her face and I said, what would you do if I had a heart attack right now? And I knew in a minute I just shattered the moment. She looked down at me with such steely conviction. She looked down to me with such tenderness. She looked down at me with such love in her heart. 
think of the summits and the joys and the hell and the chasms. The lives of the writers that it took to fill these books. All the pain, all the suffering. This is for her. It's all about writing. This is a seven-line poem about Indians. I need 16. This is a 20-line poem about Misty. I need 200. This is a 12-liner about sex on a cruise. I need 16. Wait. I need the wheelhouse. I'm steering in the galley. I'm saved but unfulfilled. So this is 29 lines about crossing the desert. How hard it is back and forth. About riding like running, tired and alone. Over and over and over. I need four poems for direction and the Luxor life. I'll go back and forward over 27 lines. Over and over. Just to read the poem. <clears throat> again and again. Thank you so much. I'll read one more and I'm done. Am I allowed one more? Can I do that? I don't want that alarm to go off. There's always an alarm sounding somewhere. What can we say? Put your nose in a book. Put your head in a glass. In a bar, I wonder. In a bar, I wonder what to say. Toes in sawdust, head in smoke, holding to an open, untold hope. Open. Her tablet, her thigh is a salt flat waiting for a record, but we stack words against our heats, and I cup the pale shoulder, scrabble with tongues. Oh, red hibiscus. Oh, celestial oh. Where's the flood of fire, the secret in the scourge, the blessedness of yes, the kingdom come. Mouthy syllables unborn, embryonic commas yet to form. Between my elbows and her thighs, these fingers set to charm. So harm me, God. Thank you very much for having me. Do we have any questions for the poet? Both. We all have things that we're obsessed with, right? And I've, ever since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with why do I remember certain things more than others? And how do we rewrite our lives through memory? And how does the collective memory of a culture as uh, you know, revealed in, in bookstores like this one or libraries, what, is, what does that tell us about ourselves? And so it, it, it's both. Did I answer your question? Okay. Anyone else? Or for Lee? Lee, I have to tell you, I love the line, or the, the phrase in the last poem that you read, the blessedness of yes. The most beautiful word in the English language. The blessedness of yes. Beautiful. Yes, I will. Beautiful. Love it. Yes, I will wash the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. So would you say that, and this is a question for you as well, Lee, would you say that poems function for you as a way to kind of get at what, what obsesses you? 
I think it's I think it's one function of poetry. Um, have you read Perini's Why Poetry Matters? Ugh, everybody, everyone in the whole store bought. Do you have, do you carry it? Probably. Okay. okay, buy it here. Perini's Why Poetry Matters. It's amazing, um, and, and it, he gets at it more eloquently and succinctly than I ever could. But but that's certainly one um, focus of it, um, you know. And it's it's to tell the it's to it's to get at the truth um, um, be beyond the truth, the the story beneath the story. Um, it's it's a way to make sense uh, of this experience that we're all journeying on together in a way. And there's many, many more reasons which, again, Perini elucidates far better than I. Lee? I would just say that uh, uh, the poet Charles Bukowski who grew up in this town here was here that last time here, I was lucky to have a time as a young poet. He was writing just juvenile, he was really crap. He's dead now. He died in 1940, buried in Calabria. My students asked about the epitaph Try to find a beloved publisher who'll give us a voice in this world. I said, no, it's not that at all. He said, simply, don't try to force the poem. Let the poem sort of bubble up in an unconscious flower. Don't try to write the poem. Let the poem write you. So I forget what the question was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Kate says, and she says it eloquently, we're all trying to write our way either out of this world, the French poet Charles Baudelaire says, anywhere out of this world, he was a great escapist, or as some other writers that we're simply trying to make some sense out of the chaos. So write it down, put it down, at least it's some of yourself spilled onto the page. And heightened language serves as a ladder, does it not? I mean, especially in these times, we need heightened language to take us to a new level. We can only think in so many ways as we have words to express those thoughts. Most people use a vocabulary bank on a daily basis of 100 words, right? That's crazy. We need them. We need them. With an eighth grade reading ability. That too. Which is the average. Yeah. Great question. Anyone else? Let's applaud our poet. They're all of our parents. We are today, so we're very happy to have them. Um, books of poetry are available up front. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Ashley and Arlo. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, or at the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.